SMQBs. This is episode 86, NFL Week 6 recap. We do our Plaxico locks, still not looking so good. Uh, college football recap, big weekend in college football, MLB postseason, and the NBA is getting started this week. So we got a quick preview of the NBA season, a punchable face in the of the week, and a Ted Lasso moment. All great stuff. Check it out. Leave us five stars. Thanks for listening. And from the people climb up on the booth, singing from the people on the people, my head's the roof, dancing on the ceiling, on the people, I got people on the dancing on the people, I got people. SMQBs, this is episode 86. We're not going to talk any sports this week. Come on. I think we're going to cover something else. This is my week. We're going to focus on West Coast teams this week. West Coast. This is the West Coast episode. Yeah. No, okay. Look, it's 86. We're going to all take this uh, like the men that we are. House is going to have a great show. Uh, Rooster's probably going to have a pretty good show, too. Pope and I will participate. But before we get to all of that, um, this two-time Super Bowl champion, three-time second-team All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, he also was on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, I think I know it. He had a cameo in The Dark Knight Rises oh, maybe and not. The Walking Dead. He's currently a head coach. Okay, I'm wrong. Wait. He's from... Is it Heinz Ward? Is it Heinz Ward? Yes. Good job. House, continue the, the winning streak wow. from Philadelphia. Heinz wow. Ward is, is the best number 86. Yeah, where is he coaching? He's coaching the uh, San Antonio Brahmas. Huh. Was Stallworth also 86? No. I think I would have found 82. That. 82. I think he might have been 82. Yeah. Yeah. But I just thought in honor of uh, Milk, who's not here, we should definitely go with a Steeler this week. So I wanted to make sure that we got (laughs) a Steeler in there. Um, Uh Milk, when you listen to this, that was for you. But hey, listen, just because I don't want to be too rude to Milk, I did have a backup 86 this week. (laughs) Okay. And this um, 86 was, he won the Stanley Cup in 2020. In 2021, leading the playoffs and scoring both times. Has to be a lightning. He has a record for most points by a Russian-born player in a single season. Is it Kucherov? It is Kucherov. I didn't know he was it 86. Is. I just knew he was the leading scorer for them in the playoffs. Yeah. Toby, this this is just an unprecedented run you're on right now. But Come I, I so I wanted I wanted to give Milk a little love, but he's not here. So that's what you get, Milk. He <sighs> tried to I tried to throw a bone your way tonight. And you're not here, so he he went to the um, craft post wedding parties. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the one that uh, Tommy Boy was at on Friday night and oh, Saturday yeah. before oh, his yeah. game? Yeah, piece of on shit Sunday. Drink. You know who oh, didn't boy. go I mean, to that party? Bill Belichick. Wow. Yeah, nice. and you know who won big on Sunday? Uh, Bill right. Belichick. That's wow. right. That's right. Wow. Part, so, party boy Tommy. Did anything happen in the NFL this week, or can we just go on college football? It's awesome. Do we want to oh, even talk college football? Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk that? <laughs> there's really, there's really very little to talk about in the NFL, and all of it's separated by 90 miles. 
if that. That's I right. Mean, we've we've already decided the coach of the year, but go ahead. The coach of the year pretty much is decided. I think there would have to be a complete debacle. Although actually, the Jets it, it, there there might be a boxing match between Robert Sala and 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 Brian Dable for that. I don't know. That's a good one. But there is one undefeated team. And here we are on Loser Monday for the Cowboys. <laughs> oh, you know, I can get behind that. That's okay. I'm yeah. good with that. Yeah. And I got to say, the Eagles, I think, showed what needs to happen in a playoff caliber team that when the chips are down and things get tight, can you march on a dominating time eating drive behind a quarterback that is in control. That was a very, are you, are you talking about that last drive against the Ravens? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you the know, gift you talking about the gift that you got or the actual drive to no the actual close se- game, the actual seven minute drive. No, no, I was talking to rooster. I know what oh. drive you're talking. It was after the Cowboys cut it to 20 to 17. Yeah. That that was an incredibly impressive drive against a very good defense. Uh, they just won the line of scrimmage and just ran the ball down their fucking throats. And that was great. And a spectacular catch by Devontae Smith in the end zone. Uh, but but Jalen led them in on a key third down, ran to get the first down. It was a great win. It's, you know, the funny thing is, I can't believe I'm saying this, the Eagles have such a lead in the NFC that the biggest thing in their rearview mirror segue is the New York Giants. I mean, they have a win, the cow, they have a two-game lead against the Cowboys plus a head-to-head win already. And so within the NFC, I mean, forget the Packers, forget the Bucks, forget the 49ers, the forget the Rams. What is immediately in their rearview mirror is the New York football giants. Holy yeah, shit. Bro. And, and the Norsemen are still. And I thought, game. I really thought that at this point, the giants would be two and four. I'm so shocked by this. I don't even know what to say. Well, well oh, let me, let me start by asking you guys this, because we've now had back to back weeks of New York teams beating the Packers. So are we padding the New York teams on the back, are we saying the Packers now suck? I'm curious what your guys' take was on this this week. I think the Packers suck, and I but but I think there's an interesting juxtaposition. The Packers suck largely in part due to the fact that they have no wide receivers, having lost Devontae Adams. And so now their quarterback, Rodgers, is like trying all this crazy trick shit to get to throw to people who are not open. But you juxtapose that with the Giants, who absolutely have no wide receivers, yeah. and Dave, the game plan is still getting it done. So I think, you know, it just shows you, like you said last week, how, how important good coaching is. And, and it's showing through for the Giants because we, we really have C-minus level wide receivers on our team. They're awful. Um, but getting back, to the, getting back to the Eagles-Cowboys game, the thing I thought was pretty remarkable was the chess match that the uh, Eagles offensive coordinator was playing with Micah Parsons. Amazing. I mean, yeah, Collingsworth was, was calling that out. He's like, they're not even guarding him. Well, on purpose, the first, right. it seems like I mean. the first half, they were letting him just think that he could run straight up the field and get a sack. 
and they would run the play to the area that he just vacated. And then in the second half, they were double teaming him the whole game and he couldn't, he couldn't do anything. I mean, th- that's just smart because he's a one man wrecking crew. Well, is House, you said record. you said something interesting though about that drive, about the big drive there, the, the seven minute one, and that was that it was a great drive against a good defense, and I think that's the key. I think the Cowboys' defense was relegated to just good last night when they needed a stop. The offense got them back in the game, and they needed a stop against a, a good offense, a very good offense, mm-hmm. but a great defense. With, you know, some people like to say the best defensive player on the planet out there, a great defense has to get a stop there. And and the Dallas Cowboys didn't get the stop. So I think I don't think you can call them a great defense yet. Well, I mean, look, because the defense came to play in the second half is why the game was actually close. You got to remember in the first half, fucking McCarthy went for it on fourth and one in the first possession. dumbass and gave the Eagles a short field and they got another short field on on turnover in the first half. I mean, it's not like their offense was marching up and down the field on the Cowboys and the defense, you know, was put in a tough spot. I, all I say about this is that I was going to bury the Cowboys today at halftime. Uh, It was so bad that I fucking went over to the house of dragon to watch that instead of the debacle on my big st- big screen TV. But Whoa. as the second half, they started playing better. I, I, I went back over because they finally showed a spine and I hadn't seen that. And I was impressed by that. Look, you guys beat our backup quarterback by nine. Points. Oh. I get it. Oh. I get it. Y'all oh. are going, excuses. To have, oh. you're going to have oh. home field oh. advantage. Ouch. No question, you have home field advantage unless uh, you stumble, which I don't see. But that being said, Dak has got the Lions and Bears coming up to get back, you know, in 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 form. The game was. one form, yeah. And Week so, one form. and so, moral uh, victory Monday. It's moral and, and victory Dan Monday. Quinn is a smart guy, and whatever didn't work in game one will be fixed by game two. All I'm saying is, no question, House, the Eagles deserve number one in the NFC, probably home field. I don't see anybody, you know, the Vikings who you guys decimated on Monday night football uh, are also just one game back. So I, I don't see any competition for you legitimately, but that being said, I think the Cowboys serve notice that they are a different team this year. They have a spine and let's see when the Dak gets back, how they're going to play. That's all I'm saying. How's true or false. That's the the spin on the cow pukes get to nine wins this year. Uh, the cow pukes will get to nine wins because we, the NFC least now the beast has an easy schedule, but I, they do. I I just, I, I want to retort to say that number one, I don't think Quinn is as smart as we give him credit for, because had he been smart, he would have seen play after play. What rooster's talking about that Micah Parsons was over-pursuing when he was on the end, and the Eagles were just letting him do it. When he was in the middle, he was actually wreaking a lot more havoc, playing in that 4-3 kind of Mike linebacker situation. He was he was a, a real problem. We couldn't run in that situation, and they were still bringing pressure from Lawrence and others on the on the uh, on the D, D ends. 
I I thought they really mismanaged the coaching there. I think you're you're still going to have the Achilles heel of McCarthy. What everybody told me, both by text and when I got home and today, which I could not see from the stands, is that Ceedee Lamb had easily oh yeah fir- he had easily reached a first down idiot. And you throw the challenge flag. There's no downside to throwing a challenge no. flag in the first half. That's poor coaching. And as far as Dak is concerned, if he is a better quarterback than Cooper Rush, I just am not impressed enough that they have receivers that can take over the game. Noah Brown, nice receiver. CeeDee Lamb, nice receiver. Michael Gallup, eh, so far, yeah. okay. But Man. not not world beater. So Dak still doesn't have people to throw to. The What I said to Pope today by text, the most impressive thing about what Dallas showed me in the second half is they have some young guns on the left side of that offensive line who just chew, chew defensive lines for running the ball. They should start running the ball again through a two-headed monster of Pollard and Zeke. They'll they'll win some games on the ground. They really will. Uh, But look, let me just switch to New York for a second because the story of New York is the draft picks. The draft picks that were made of Thibodeau, the draft picks that were made of Brees Hall and Sauce, the cheesehead-wearing gardener. That was so awesome. I mean... Evan Neal. Rooster, what do you have to say about the draft you just had? We we saw uh, in that game against the Ravens that Kayvon Thibodeau has finally arrived. I I, I think it took him a while to, to get his... Um, feet under him in the NFL. But in that game, he made a huge strip sack for a fumble that helped seal the deal. And you, and you saw why he was drafted. He looked a lot like a young, skinny Lawrence Taylor on that play before LT got to be a monster of a man. Um, Evan Neal is, like you're saying, with the Cowboys, he's a young stud who run blocks the hell out of people. I think he's like Andrew Thomas, who we drafted two years ago. He's going to take two years before he's a good pass blocker, which Thomas now is. Thomas is now one of the top left tackles in in the league, and he got eaten alive his rookie year. Um, I think it's a rare offensive left tackle who can handle that um, as a rookie. Um, The guy guy on, on Milk's team, Wirfs, as a right tackle, I think stepped right in and, and handled his business. Evan Neal is apparently a little behind him on pass blocking technique, but he'll get there. You can see it that he'll get there. The Jets, my God, the Jets young rookies. I mean, they they mentioned Bryce Hall and they mentioned uh, the the their defensive lineman, but Sauce Gardner Sauce. is maybe the pro the Hall of Famer of that trio. He's amazing. He's a he's a shutdown Revis uh, Revis Island kind of cornerback as a rookie, and he's big. He had a pick six. They called back too. Yep, he's the he's the real deal. All right, now for the trivia in the big game, the big marquee game. What is the one player who made the difference between the Bills winning over the Chiefs? Oh, Von Miller. Oh, that's a good one. That's that is absolutely. A good one. I hadn't think, thought that about that one. It's somebody who wasn't on the field for either team. No, Reek. Yep. Good one, Pope. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill. I think the Chiefs win that game with Tyreek Hill. I really do. You know, in that in that in that 13 second remarkable playoff game, it took 
both Kelsey and Tyreek. Yes, Juju Smith had a nice game, but I just don't see in a game like that between the two top teams, I think Mahomes is missing a receiver. I really do. Well, you remember in that in the last series of last year's playoff game when it looked like the Bills had it won, and um, and then their defense gave up like a thirty-something yard pass to Kels. That's because everybody was focused on Reek. I mean, they 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 were worried about him. This year, they're well, not. So, how do you think uh, one Odell Beckham Jr. would look uh, in Kansas City in a few ooh. weeks? I think he'd look better in blue. Back in blue, maybe. <laughs> Back in blue. <laughs> then you'd have one receiver. Yeah, we'd have one, exactly one. Although, uh, Tad said, don't be so down on uh, Robinson from Kentucky. And he had a good game yesterday. Wandale. Well, I don't think we could wrap up an NFL segment without pouring one out for the fractured finger of one. <laughs> Ginger Vitus. You were right, Bison. You guys were going to the Super Bowl until that injury happened. So I'm sorry. I know, <laughs> I know it's true. The big after season. But you so know is what? It, is it a return of uh, the Heineken? Yeah, I think so. Um, I haven't seen anything today, but geez, I mean, why would you put Sam Howell behind that offensive line as a rookie? There's no reason to do that. If if he has a future as, a, as an NFL player, don't put him out there and just get him into bad habits, get him destroyed and destroy his confidence. Send Taylor Heineke out for that. Um, he's used it, to it. Yeah, he's used to it. I mean, I, I am, I am going to be curious because I still think Washington has a lot of weapons on offense. Now the line is not good, but I think they've got the receivers in the backs. I think they have a lot of weapons. And so yeah. I am sort of curious to see how Taylor will do yeah. uh, with some of those weapons. Uh, like, you know, uh, Curtis Samuel, they didn't have last year healthy at all. Right. I mean, they, he was on the team, but he didn't play. Maybe I think he pe- played 10 plays all year. Um, so there's some weapons. I, I'm curious to see. Uh, how Taylor will do. I mean, ultimately, he's just not hes not an NFL quarterback. He doesn't have the arm strength to do it, but it'll be interesting. I think we need to comment, though, about the, the Bills-Chiefs game. I, I'm willing to concede that the Eagles are the best all-around team right now. I mean, they've plugged it. Like I said a couple of episodes ago, they plugged every hole they needed to plug. But, my God, Josh Allen and Mahomes right now are in an elite category all of their own nobody else touches them it's the two of them and then everybody else and they are just amazing i mean they watch they had you third and long for those guys is nothing they're they're like well we'll go third and longer because everyone thinks we're going to try to throw it short and hope hope our guy can fall forward and get the first down they're throwing it 10 yards past the first down marker and, and on a dime i mean boom between, and they can both run for yeah. It's, it's I mean, just see Josh Allen hurdle that guy. He looked like Saquon yeah. Barkley. Unbelievable, those two guys. If there is a slight difference between them, I think Mahomes makes a few more unforced error throws. I think sometimes he throws into coverage 
thinking that his receivers are going to make a, a, a spectacular play like he did in the end zone this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Allen make, so far makes those kind of mental mistakes. I'm not saying that Allen's better. I just think Mahomes is a little bit more of a risk taker, and, and that could be the difference in a playoff down the road. Yeah. Um, I, I know I know the undefeated Eagles won't appreciate this, but I, the Bills, I, I don't know. I just think they're they, – they look like a wrecking crew this year. They, they look like they're on a mission after what happened last year. Uh, they've got my nod right now for the best team. I agree. I, and, and, and I didn't say best. I just said best all around. I mean, yeah, it, it might be one and one a, but oof, you know, who's one just, of the worst teams is yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I we mean, bury them officially. Look, is, someone, is someone punching Brady? Or are we just going to do it now? I, we should look, punch look, him now. Punch him now. What's got to be, what can you think of a worse thing? Then getting on a plane with all your buddies and traveling out, you pick a team that you should absolutely hammer. Second year in a row, at least, of going out to a team that you think you're just going to hammer. You spend money on the tickets, the hotel. The all you food, do is get hammered beers, when you're out tailgate. there. You just get hammered. And I mean, and from really the coin flip, you're like, we're done. We're done. And not only are we done, but our Super Bowl hopes are done. And we have problems that just i mean this season is done that's got they, that's a tough trip how's all they're, they're home their quick two-year reign done they lost done. to a team that was one in four that started with the quarterback with burger king hands and then after getting a concussion passed it off to a mustached moron mitch trubisky who is the bottom five of quarterbacks in the nfl and the vaunted run out of fingers on my hands for rings, cheater, grifter, Brady. Okay, way to go, buddy. Scream at your offensive line on the sideline while you're out partying as a single man with Robert Kraft and his Asian parlor friends. Give me a I, I kicked Giselle to the curb for you fuckers. You can't <laughs> even block for me. <laughs> I mean, what a prima donna. He doesn't practice on Wednesdays. He takes a private plane to the game, and he is not, he's not even there Friday and Saturday. And, and you know, they listen, deserve every fucking thing they get. Listen, it's fun to make fun of Brady, but I, I said this a few weeks ago, and Milk laughed at me. You can't win in the NFL with third-string offensive linemen. You just cannot do it, period. It's They've got a Swiss cheese offensive line, and I think Brady's going to be – in a wheelchair by the end of the year, if they keep throwing him back there, tougher well, flight home. Brady maybe you can borrow more bucks. money from the government if he's in a wheelchair. That prick. Oh, you're Brady. talking about Brett Favre. <laughs> They're one and the same. Brady and the Bucks flight home or Milk's flight home? Which one was a harder? Which, <laughs> which was worse? Pretty equal. Can we just put? Did Brady go put, home on the charter, or did he take his own damn private plane again? Can we put Brady and Rogers out to pasture already? I'm done with both. Yeah, they're both they're both uh, mediocre at this point. Well, and by the way, I, I mean, mean the the one other thing that we got to mention from from this week in the NFL is, I mean, the choking Ravens. Oh, oh my god! How they didn't we, choke? They got their asses whipped. three times in the fourth quarter. Oh, they've given double three leads. Yeah. Rooster, no disrespect to the Giants, but come on, there's a there's a choke factor going on with you know they I don't think they have a single touchdown in the fourth quarter this year. 
the Ravens. I wonder what, how many turnovers they have because Lamar Jackson was awful in the last five minutes. What is he doing dropping back to pass? What is he even thinking up up that many points? Or that, or he tried to do a Mahomes and get the ball and the fumble and then turn around and, and throw downfield when that was a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. Well, how about the 49ers getting yeah. whipped by the yeah. Atlanta? Falcons. I mean, that's Didn't see that there coming. Are, there yeah. are a lot of pretenders out there. Yep. They kind of pretenders that give a two and four team hope. <laughs> Go commanders. <laughs> the dream's Look, not I mean, over yet. House the dream's not over yet. I mean, one of my one of my takeaways I was gonna have is that it's it's a really mediocre league this year. I mean, you have all look at the division leaders are in the NFC South and the NFC West, three and three. That's division leading. Uh in the AFC South and the AFC North, you got three and two Tennessee and three and three Bravens and Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh there's, you know, other than the Bills, the Chiefs. That's two division Eagles. leaders the Giants have beaten, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Titans and Ravens. Other than the Bills, the Chiefs, the Eagles, you know, okay, I'll throw the Giants and Vikings in there. I mean, it's a mediocre league. I agree. But it's fun. That's what's so great about it. Every fucking given Sunday, one team can beat another. <laughs> it's just amazing. So – that fun pool that we all blow out of really early where there's 12,000, the winner's pool, just to Pope's point and any given Sunday, that 12,000 person pool is down to about a hundred. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, thanks to the bucks. Yeah. They probably lost a thousand the people ch- just on the bucks game. Right. And the Which chiefs. I, last I guess, I guess that leads us to are you or any of your kids still alive in that pool. Josh has got the Chargers tonight. He's the last one standing. Well, shit, so. he should be okay. He and if he's be. not, if he's not, I might lose to you in fucking fantasy and owe you the trifecta. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I'm making money. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, House, give us the bad news, man. The bad news is three of us are stupid enough. Me, Bison, and Rooster to have <sighs> taken the Bucks and the Plaxco in Week Six, so we all took an L. Fuck uh, you, Milk. Milk. Fuck you, milk. Fuck you. Milk, milk and the anti-commander strategy took a L when he took the Bears minus one and a half. <laughs> but, but Pope, who loves his Matty Ice and the Colts I minus thought what I thought one and a half was the over-under in that game for the total points. <laughs> so now we have three teams at three and three, Rooster at two and four, Bison at one and five. We are on to week seven where Milk, who is trying to crawl his way back from Pittsburgh, has announced he will take the Packers minus five and a half over the Commanders on the road in Week Seven. Oh my God! He just wow. He just won't give up. Uh, by the way, Paul Miller proving he knows nothing about football also lost in his one cameo appearance, taking the Chiefs plus two. Uh, <laughs> Bison, that's it for him. <laughs> Bison, do you know what you got for this week? Oh man. Um, uh, I don't, but you know what? I do. I'm taking the commanders. Wow. Getting five yeah. from Screw the Packers. Take it. Fuck you, milk. <laughs> At home. Wow. At home. All right. I'll go. I, I can't believe I'm doing this. I, I can. I can't believe I'm doing this, but. I can, baby. I, I just don't think the Jags hold that three point, uh, favorite again at home against the giants. I'm taking the G men plus three on the road at the Jaguars. 
And I am in Dak. I trust. I think we'll we'll pummel the lions, the hapless lions. I'll take the Cowboys giving. According to mine, it's seven. But what, yeah, what seven. do you have? Yeah. 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 All right, Rooster. I, I mean, uh, yeah, Rooster. You can bring it up the rear. So uh, I had I had the line at two and a half. It's now up to three. Yeah. And Giants Jags. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to ride the New York Football Giants. There we go. Week seven. We're on to it. All right. Maybe maybe we'll get two winners this week. That'd be that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> get two people to be right. All right. Hey, Pope. At least you know. You always got college football as your Bama fan, right? That that's gotta make you feel yeah, it's good. a guaranteed win every good. week. Yeah, right. Or oh. not, or at least oh. top five. Oh, well, top six. Yeah. So uh what a crazy Saturday in college football. Um <laughs> I mean, you had Alabama, Tennessee going to the wire, TCU, Oklahoma State going to the wire, going to overtime. Um you know, the Alabama-Tennessee uh, game clearly is an instant classic, 52-49. Uh, to 49. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the angle of that field goal at the <laughs> – but it it cleared the post by, you know, probably about six inches. Um, it was a duck. The only question was, would it, would it make it or not? And when it did, I mean, all hell broke loose. It was funny, on game day, uh, Reese Fowler goes um, – not saying that you should do this, but just in case you want to know, it's a hundred thousand dollars if you storm the field, and another thirty thousand dollars if you get, take both goalposts. Last time that happened in nineteen ninety eight, when they beat whoever Florida, I believe, and they they dropped the goalpost in the Tennessee River. Well, what happened? They win. They storm the field. Just an unbelievable scene. Um, I mean, you know, obviously. Took it on the chin as an Alabama guy, uh, but you'd have to appreciate how great a college football game that was. Um, you know, I could sit here and second guess some of the decision making during that game and some of the refereeing, but it went both sides. You know, it was a, it's just a great game. And I guess the reason I've got, you know, Bama swag on today is because I'm doubling down because as you guys know and hate, Alabama runs the table just like last year and they're in the college football playoff game uh, again. Um, SEC, uh, it, it's going to be really interesting guys. Cause Tennessee now goes to Georgia, uh, for the top five matchup in a couple weeks. Um, the winner of that game will probably go, will most definitely go to Atlanta to probably play Alabama, but Alabama's got a tough road. They got to play Mississippi state, uh, next week. And then they go to old miss and old miss undefeated. Um, so what I did was I did a little quick dive into the undefeated teams that are left and do a you know an analysis of where where are we going here because uh, Michigan uh, destroyed Penn State at home but you know Michigan still got to play Ohio State at the shoe this year and until they can beat Ohio State away I'm not convinced Michigan's going to be college football playoff team uh, TCU okay, but, but wait Pope but but yeah but one of them ends up undefeated though right. They should, yeah. Right. Absolutely. So so you have one undefeated that ends up out of Michigan, Ohio State, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. And, and, so, Michigan, and, looks, and Michigan looks good. You no, know, but look, Ohio State still has to go to Penn State. I'm not saying Penn State's gonna beat them, but that's still a tough road game. 
Um, but other than that, both of their schedules are lining up for the Titanic clash, which just like last year, you know, basically was a pseudo college football semifinal, uh, one team going on and one team not making it. Um, TCU, I think even though they won, I, I still think they're a pretender. I mean, they still have to play, uh, Texas Baylor. They play K-State this week. Um, and one of the five top, you know, top 25 matchups, um, I think UCLA, uh, they play Oregon this week. That should be an interesting game. If UCLA can win there, then they probably run the table against until they play USC, who just spit the bit completely against the Utes uh, and probably took themselves out of consideration. Um, So Clemson Clemson gets to play this week at home against Syracuse. Anybody know what Syracuse's record is? Undefeated. Undefeated, baby. Yeah, the orange undefeated. Uh, like I said, they're going to get smoked by Clemson. They're a pretender. Um, Clemson is, they're probably going to go undefeated. They're not going to have really any competition uh, for the rest of the year. Um, so, you know, then you have two undefeated teams, Ohio State slash Michigan and Clemson. And then you got the winner of the SEC championship. Now, if it's Georgia, you know, Georgia beats Tennessee or Tennessee, Tennessee beats Georgia and beats Alabama, then that's, you know, clearly Alabama won't make it. Georgia or Tennessee would make it. And then, you know, what what if Ole Miss is only losses to Alabama? I mean, there's all kinds of scenarios here. Um, but this week it'll be another, you know, let's ferret out who who's a, a contender versus pretender. Uh, like I said, we got Syracuse at Clemson. We got Mississippi State who um, unexpectedly kind of stumbled against Kentucky. They go to Alabama, uh, and you got the horns who survived, uh, against Iowa state in a game. They, you know, they historically would have lost. What, what they, about, they another, play, they play at Stillwater. What's that? What about another uh, team that, that stumbled, but still looks pretty good. Uh, and it was probably a, another just great football game on Saturday, Southern Cal. You think yep. they're out of it now? Are they? Are they done I think the now? Pac-12 they the is just Pac-12 is too weak. I think you have to be undefeated to come out of there and make the, you know, be a serious candidate for college uh, semifinal. That uh, environment at that game was uh, on par with with Tennessee, Alabama, albeit on a smaller scale. Yeah, and their and, their schedule for the rest of the well, at least for the next five games, is a lot easier than UCLA's. They really screwed up by losing to the Utes. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, look, I, I think UCLA uh, at or I mean, Oregon, that's going to be a great in football environment. I, I Oregon always shows well at home. I mean, I actually I think Oregon beats UCLA. Um, so I just I think the Pac-12 is, is, is a weaker conference. I don't think anybody is coming out of the Pac-12. Same thing for Big 12. Uh, so, you know, what is that left with? We have the Clemson. And then the Big Ten teams, Michigan and Ohio State, and then SEC is just a free for all right now. You can't you can't really say one team uh, is going to make it versus another right now. Anyone know who's number twenty five in the AP top twenty five? Oh, are oh. we going to have to go there? No, here's the perfect segue. The guy's not having a good enough weekend as it yeah. is. Yeah, really? Come on. Here's Richard. the perfect segue. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to tell you guys that fine, the college football playoff was all fun and everything like that. But there are New Year's Day big bowl games, Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, Cotton yeah. Bowl. And it just so happens in the great wisdom of the NCAA, they include a non-Power 5 school. So one team gets in 
from the Power Six. There's nobody that's undefeated. The winner that comes out of the AAC, Cincinnati, UCF, or Tulane, is may very well go to the Cotton Bowl. And so, here we go. Roll wave, number 25 in the country. I'm going to give an SMQB report this Saturday against Memphis from Nolens. Nice. <laughs> from Nolens. Anybody got anything else on uh, on college football? No. All right. Look, let's uh, let's touch on postseason baseball. Oh Pope, um, your football team lost. Pope, your college football team lost. Pope, your baseball team must have made you happy this weekend, right? Yeah, oh. you know the Braves after winning a hundred games, they were a cinch for the uh, NLCS, or not? Not so much, huh? House, uh, take it away, man. You guys, unfucking believable. Uh, Eighty-seven wins and. Um, let, let me let me just say that it's interesting. You're seeing a lot of, and I don't, I'm not necessarily in this school, but there's been a lot of pushback on this expanded wild card, saying, "Hey, 162 games, and then you got to turn around and face these little pesky wild cards who are, you know, streaking with 80 some odd wins." Um, Dodgers, you know, Braves, Mets, adios. So, First, what do you got to say so, for yourself, House? I, I am so glad you're not in that school. Because I've been reading all this bullshit from Atlanta, and these fuckers seem to forget that Atlanta defending world champions had what last year? 89 wins. wins. Right. Okay. So this or or the other bullshit excuse that like, why did you put us in the daytime? Seriously, put on your big boy pants. If you can't win with 111 wins during the daytime, from New York with a gazillion dollar, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Mets uh, should be unbelievably ashamed of themselves for the complete catastrophic failure. And if you watch the Phillies Braves series uh, series closely, Acuna should get the biggest kick in the balls ever oh from the God. Atlanta fans. Can I punch his ass? Not only did he go 0 for 3 with three strikeouts in the – final game, but JT Real Muto, who shout out to our great catchers in the universe, the only catcher to ever have an inside the park home run in postseason history. JT Real Wait, Muto, a catcher? <laughs> he hit it off the deep center field wall. Michael Harris Jr. misplayed the ball, and you know who wasn't there to back him up? That great Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, that guy deserves a kick in the balls. So I want to back up for a second, though, because – I think if I've got my timing right, we, 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 the wild card round hadn't started when we recorded last, right? So we went Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? Is that right? Or am yeah. I a week off? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Because it yeah. all happened in one week. It all happened in one week. And I think that the, the way that baseball came and did those three game series all without, without the home and home and home and, and all the travel was actually really fun. And a lot of people were complaining about it at house at one point, um, at one point. Um, but man, to have those series every day back to back, I mean, it was like right. March madness for a minute, right? It was like March madness where all those games were happening. They were overlapping. You were flipping back and forth and that was a lot of fun. And then the, the way the games just shook out the whole schedule, this was a fun week of baseball. Unbelievable right. week of baseball, and the teams that are str- that struggled against what you know lesser wild card teams or or wild card teams with 
with fewer victories during the season, they were going to struggle anyway, because the reason they lost to the wild card teams was, you know, like if you look at the Yankees right now, they're struggling with Cleveland. They're, 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 um, bullpen is decimated. It's not the wild card format Wait, that caused that problem. It would be pretty wild if the Yankees went out tonight. Yeah. To have the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Braves all out. You think they're right? licking their chops? The Mets, the Mets had all kinds of uh, injuries to their pitching staff, and they were fading fast at the end of the year. It didn't have anything yeah. to do with the wild card format. The Mets were just struggling at the end of the year. Uh, the Dodgers lost two, you know, Cy Young candidates from their starting pitching staff during the year. This um, is, it, you it, know what? I mean, people are just looking this, for something to blame, but that's not it. This is good for baseball, though. I oh, mean, having the environment you did, House, talk about that in Philly. That was fucking nuts. I, I've listen. I've I've been through some incredible home games, uh, some great Eagles home games. What I witnessed Saturday in that stadium for the clincher was electric. You guys probably saw Ken Rosenthal. You guys have on your Apple Watch. You can get notifications that the sound in your earphones, your earbuds is too loud. Ken Rosenthal was just on the field. He wasn't even in the stands. He was on the field and twice got two notifications that his decibel levels was too high on his watch and his phone. That's how loud the place was. It was electric environment. It's a pent-up fan base waiting 11 years for playoff baseball. And uh, between the Marsh three-run home run and inside the Parker, the place was incredibly – this is so good for baseball. And, you know, guys, I remember way back when – it was mainly on on text because we we weren't underway on the pod yet. But we – first, you guys abused me. Uh, for the no. staggering, for the no. staggering amount paid to Bryce Harper, and then we our jaw dropped when the staggering amount was paid for Manny Machado, and wouldn't you know it? Like here we are, NLCS. We've got Machado who's on fire versus Harper's on fire. Sometimes you go big or go home, and there are some incredible matchups in the National League. Don't you've forget got, Soto. You've got Soto and Bell. Um, you've got. Uh, Darvish and Musgrove versus Wheeler and Nola. You've got what we previewed last week in the in the uh, lasso. You've got Austin Nola, the catcher, versus Aaron Nola, the 0.00 playoff ERA pitcher for the Phillies. It's actually some great storylines. I think this is great for baseball and, to do something other than Mookie Betts and, you know. And by the Dodgers. way, by the way, while all those great games and all that excitement was happening, the Astros just happened to win their series four to nothing. When they only needed three wins because one of them took 18 innings yeah. to oh get my there, God. right? So, so they actually that. swept uh, Seattle uh, 4-0. And, you know, the Astros, who I hate to say it because they are cheaters, but the Astros, who look like, you know, the remaining sort of juggernaut uh, left, they just kind of quietly plowed through and, and swept. Uh, is is and, uh, and Verlander hurt, though? No, he's okay. I think he's all right. Yeah. I mean, they got, they, they too, they've got Framber Valdez and Verlander to go pitch four games in a seven game set and they're stacked. I mean, I think, I still think the Astros are the team to beat. Um, 
but we'll see. I mean, you know, the Phillies and the Padres are hot and they're playing baseball the right way. And sometimes team baseball is what it takes in the playoffs. And look, I, I am so happy to see either Bryce Harper or Juan Soto go to the World Series. Really, this makes my heart warm. I think that's truthful that you said that. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that. not. I, no, I like both those guys. I, I like both those guys. House, you know, I've never said I didn't like. I wasn't a Bryce hater. I, I'm not. I'm not down on Bryce. I just mean as a Washington fan, it's not fun to watch your superstars leave and go to the World Series right. on their team. But are you rooting for Soto over Bryce? Not really. Yeah. I'd be happy for either of those teams to go to the World Series. Well, the, the Padres have been in the longer drought than the Phillies by far. I mean, the, the environment in San Diego was amazing the other night. I mean, Soto got traded away. Bryce, you know, Bryce, granted, we could talk about why he didn't resign in Washington and if, if the learners actually tried to resign him. But Soto did have a little less to do with his situation. He got traded. Yeah. yeah. But I won't be I won't be upset for Bryce Harper if he goes to the World Series. That that I'd be happy for him. Rooster, big game five, game five tonight. Game five tonight. Both teams have their number four pitchers going, and I give the the nod to us with Tyon. We who? we have got Tyon versus they have Savali. Tyon was fourteen and five this year. Savali was five and six. They have they have a healthier bullpen by far. Um, so we need Tayon to go far in this game. Um, but I think the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to say a little bit more about this later. I think the Indians or the, I'm sorry, the guardians have been acting like a bunch of children in the, and the, and the Yankees are going to show them who's boss tonight. Ooh, whoa. Whoa. Well, you, you wow. need Aaron judge to wake the fuck up. No, we don't. We got Harrison Bader. He's had a, whole he's already had three home runs this series. Yeah. What, what is judge? Like, Two for 17, 18. I mean, how horrible series. Yeah. Well, yes. he, eight, he nine strikeouts. Homer, he did homer on Saturday, though. Yeah, and, he got uh, he got one. And then the and then the bullpen blew that game for him. Yep. So yep. All right. Lots to come on baseball. Uh we'll we'll be covering it for sure. Good luck uh, to those of you who still have teams playing. Um, hey, what happens tomorrow night at like seven o'clock? In the, Philadelphia, uh, 7.30. Actually, it's not in Philly. The second most popular sport in the world gets underway. Yeah. Sixers-Celtics, right? That's the opening no. game. Yeah, big one. Rooster, do you want to start the West Coast, the defending champions? Yeah, but let me ask you this. who's who? Does anyone even know who's coaching the Celtics in that game? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I know it's joke. not Imanadoka. What a joke that is. All right, yeah. Yeah, let's lead it off with the the winners, the Warriors. They won it all last year, and their entire core team is returning. And I expect that two of their young stars, Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, are going to be better this year with more experience and confidence. And that Clay Thompson is going to be better this year because he's a year healthier or, or an off-season healthier. I don't think – I think this team is too well-coached and too smart to let this whole – Draymond Green incident even caused them a blip. They're the, they're the clear favorites to make it back in the West and maybe even to repeat. I, I um, think it's simmering below the surface. Nah, they don't care. They'll, they're just going to roll. 
they don't, I don't think they really even need Draymond Green as much as he thinks they need him. But um, I've got the Clippers as second best team in the West right now. If they're healthy, if they're healthy with a healthy Kawhi and Paul George with the addition of John Wall, and that that is a big if, mm-hmm. as Bison knows. But if John Wall is healthy and can gel with them, I think they're a, a clear number two, and they've got Ty Lewis, their coach. Clear He's as mud. That's a clear a, as mud number Well, two. it's an if. It's an iffy clear t- number two. Yeah. Ty, yeah. Ty Lue is a good coach. From after number two, to me, it gets a little bit tough to pick. Um, you know, the Nuggets have the two-time defending MVP Joker, and he's getting back his two star running mates, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And they added uh, KCP and Bruce Brown, who filled it up for the Nets um, before they started buying all these superstars the nuggets the Suns, and the wolves it's tough to pick between them for number three i've got the nuggets uh i might have even dropped the Suns down even more than number four um because of their early exit from the postseason last year and the crazy shit that went on between the coach and deandre ayton but you know they're the same team that won 64 games last year, and Devin Booker is getting exponentially better each season. I think they'll get their act together and and um, you know make it to the playoffs again and get knocked out early like they always do. The Wolves may make a big jump past the Suns. Um, they added Rudy Gobert to Cat and and Anthony Edwards, who again reminds me of the trajectory of um, Booker. This guy's just getting better all the time and could be a stud this year. And I've got them at number a, five. That's a fun little experiment right there. That's yeah, what right, I'm really curious right, to see. Right. Going to the, the Twin Towers, right? That hasn't exactly been a, a big strategy in the NBA the last couple of years. Not since the Rockets guys, right? tried it. Yeah, not since the Rockets did it with Ralph and, and um, Akeem. It was yeah. successful. And it would be, and they were different. They were both offensive minded. This is going to be Gobert as a rim defender and Cat right. out there bombing threes at threes. seven feet yeah. tall, right? Yeah, um, that's going to be funny to watch. The so that'll Grizz, be interesting. The Grizzlies, everyone thinks should be making a jump this year, but they've done nothing to improve their team. Um, ja may be a MVP candidate, but. The next best player on the team, Jaron Jackson, is still recovering from foot surgery, and they didn't add to the team. Um, kind of, kind of like the Mavs, Pope. Oh, I mean, whoa! Yeah, you guys didn't. Sorry, you, did you, you mention you, the Mavs? I mean, the, did, did you replace Brunson with a playmaker? I don't think so. <clears throat> but the Pelicans, I think, have jumped ahead of the Mavs. I'm not. Oh, whatever. Zion is in the best shape of his career, including last college. Five games. That means. He oh has my one God. Play. He, if you've seen pictures of him this off season, he looks downright thin. Doesn't matter. He's Brandon Ingram he's and cursed. CJ McCollum were really impressive at the end of last year. If he's healthy and gels with them, I would jump the Pelicans ahead of the Grizzlies and the Wolves and put them in the maybe four position. So do you even have the Mavs making the playoffs? Seeing how yes, uh, yeah, I think the Mavs are the Mavs the are finals eight. last year. The Mavs are the eighth. Playing. I've got the Mavs eighth in the West. Oh my God. 
Luca's Luca, but they they lost Brunson and replaced him with Christian Wood. I mean, the Ma- I don't think the Mavs got better. I think they got worse. Well, they got um, Tim Hart. Remember, they got Tim Hardaway Jr. back. He was out for the playoffs because of a foot injury. So yeah, I th- as like I they- recall, the Knicks cut him loose years ago. He's just, he's okay. He's a serviceable player, but he's not. In this league, you need almost three stars to win. Okay, sleep on the Mavs at your own peril. Okay. Speaking of which, the Lakers. They're only, the only good thing they can say is that AD is healthy, relatively healthy. Otherwise, they've they're still ass, <laughs> as Jake would say. They're just <laughs> they're they're a year they're a year older, and it's LeBron and AD. And if one of them gets hurt, they're they they're not making the playoffs. As as it is, if they stay healthy, they may be a play-in team. They've got two guys and no support. And then the tenth team, who knows? Pick from two terrible teams: the Kings or the Trailblazers. I think the Kings have had a 16-year playoff drought. So if I'm flipping a coin, I'm I guess I'm going with the Trailblazers. That's how I see the West. Thunder and Spurs are still uh, reconstructing. The Spurs are maybe the worst team in the NBA next year. And OKC has like what do they have? 82 first-round picks in the next two years. Right. And nobody wants to, and no one wants to trade with them. They have every first round pick for the next two years. That's it. All right, House, take us through the East. Another Philly championship contender. Well, well, I think everything still runs through Golden State. There are at least three, possibly four teams in the East that are very well qualified to take down the crown. I think with the Sixers and Daryl Morey did in the offseason, I know I'm not alone in thinking they got an A-plus in, in improving a roster that already had Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, Joel Embiid, and Tobias Harris. To that, they added P.J. Tucker, DeAnthony Melton, Daniel House, Treveling Queen, Montrez Harrell. That, all of those players, they are going to be a much, much better defensive team. I think Montrez Harrell gives and bead a solid 10 minutes where he can truly rest. And Tyrese Maxey, not only will he be an all-star this year, but he is going to be very soon a top 10 player in the NBA. You will see. Mark That one, I am confident to mark my words. No one on the Sixers has worked harder in their game in the offseason. And Harden, to his credit, he shed some weight. And uh, we'll see. But I think Giannis remains pissed from being overlooked and still you still have a big three Milwaukee with Giannis drew and Chris Middleton. Uh, So I I don't think you can write the bucks off. The real question is last year's finalists with, with Tatum and smart and Jalen Brown. What are the additions of Malcolm Brogdon and Gallinari enough to put them over the edge. I don't think so. I still don't know that they play well enough on the floor. I know that last year when we talked NBA throughout the season, Rooster gushed about the way Udoka coached these guys and gave them spacing on the floor. And minus Udoka amidst his scandal, I don't know what how many losses that means for hey, Boston. And Galadari's out, right? Didn't he took Terra's ACL? 
Yeah, he's hurt. I don't know what the injury is, but he's hurt. I think he's out all season. Brogdon's hurt now too, by the way. So I mean, you have a given that you have a you have a minus coach and a beat up uh Boston. I I, I think they take a step back this year. All eyes are going to be on the reluctant players in Brooklyn. Yep. Ben Simmons, who doesn't want to play basketball, KD, who doesn't want to play in Brooklyn, and Kyrie, who doesn't want to play in Brooklyn. This is one of the most fascinating sports stories in a long time. These three are forced to play together. They potentially have elite talent, and if they put it together, they could shock some people. I take the big under on that, the big-time under on that. So beyond those four, you have some very interesting percolating Well, I think you – you missed one of the best ones, though. What's Knicks. that? No, the Heat. Yeah, I thought I everybody thought under heat. always underestimates the Heat. I, yeah, the, the Heat are incredibly well coached. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Adebayo. I think it's a very, very talented team, but I think they've gotten a year older, and I just, I don't know. I still think they're a four-five team. Uh, they're very, very good. They didn't do really anything in the offseason. I think the team that improved the most in the offseason, obviously, is the Cavs getting Donovan Mitchell. I mean, it's clear he's a game changer of a player. So you put Donovan Mitchell together with Darius Garland, Karis LeVert, Isaac Okoro. That's a very, very talented team. The, the Hawks picked up major improvement in DeJounte Murray. Um, and if they get a healthy DeAndre Hunter back playing with Trey Young and Capella can put together Hawks could return to form. Um, By the way, that Cavs team of Mitchell and Garland and Levert, that's together with the front court of Mobley and Allen. I mean, it's just a, I think the Cavs could surprise. Um, Mobley was Mobley um, rookie of the year runner up last year. I think he was. Yeah, I think he was. And he's very he's he has a super super high ceiling super high ceiling. That's I a young I team. I don't think I, the Knicks. I love their point guard. Who Darius Garland? Yep. Yeah. I, I don't think the Knicks did enough. Basically, swapping out Kemba for Brunson. Um, you know, R.J. Barrett is a nice player. Um, I I I think the Knicks are still they still need a couple more pieces. Yeah. The Knicks need uh, Barrett to take a giant leap forward and Randall to return to his two years ago form to to be in the playoffs. And I don't see the Randall part of that happening. I, I don't think while the Raptors were a decent team last year, I think they stood a little too pat, only adding Otto Porter, who's a nice player. But for whatever reason, he's really never been able to jump to next level. So I think I think the Raptors are going to be stuck at, towards the bottom of the East. I think the Bulls, while they have a really nice team in DeRozan and Zach Levine, and they've got a nice front court in Vucevic and Drummond, I, I still think they're towards the bottom. I will say in in the interesting, do they jump up beyond the, the play-in game, uh, Bison's Wizards have some interesting talent on paper. They've got Porzingis, Kuzma, Beal, Rui Hachimura, and somebody who I believe is going to be a sleeper of a rookie and Johnny Davis from Wisconsin. Yep. I, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if, 
if Beal can be the superstar and Hachimura hits from outside and Kuzma plays the way he, he's capable of playing, I'm not saying they're all of a sudden going to be at the top of the East, but they could sneak into seven or eight. I do think that, Bison. The, the reports I've heard from people who've seen Davis play is that he looks totally lost. On he NBA had a tough summer league. He totally, definitely had a tough summer league. Yeah. He'll grow. It's take some time, I think. I've, I've heard that the Magic pulled Paolo Banchero out of the summer league because it was too easy for him. He was just lighting it up. He's your rookie of the year. The Magic may suck, but Banchero is a man among boys. He is the rookie of the year coming up. Um, I, I, I like Embiid to finally um, knock off, um, to, to pull off the MVP and, and knock off that slumbering, dumb serving the Nuggets. <laughs> but I, I, I do, I do, I do like, I do like Embiid. By the way, for Joker's brothers, House's uh, email address is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's P Michler M I C K L E R uh, at loser dot com at loser dot com. <laughs> I'm excited for the NBA season. I think there's just so much talent, as we've mentioned many times before. I think the baton has been passed from we've gone from Jordan years to LeBron years. I think there's so, so much talent now in the NBA. It's an amazing product with lots of stars, and it's going to be a great season. It'll be interesting to see if the Warriors can repeat. So question for uh, you two uh, prognosticators. Is the West going to be superior again to the East? Not necessarily with the champion, but as far as you know, the up and down the standings. I don't really agree that they were superior to the East last year. Oh, hell yeah, they were. Look at the records. Wasn't even close. I. I do oh, think no. I, I think I think Rooster might I, have underestimated a little bit the Grizz, and yes, maybe a little bit the Mavs. But I do think the class is in the East a little bit more so than the West. I think the East has gotten the top the top five in the East are really really special. If you if yeah. you look like last year again, the seven, eight, nine, ten guys uh, in the East, those they are all right around five hundred or below. That's true. Well, I'm West, not talking about. West we're didn't not have that issue. Uh, yeah, I'm not talking about the 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 entire. Group I'm talking about of the playoff teams. The playoff I'm talking team. about. If, I'm talking about. You take the top five from each division. I'd take the East over the West. Yeah. Hmm. And by the way, just the one thing to wrap up on the NBA because we'll have a lot of NBA talk this year. Who did we not mention in that conversation? Um. Did anybody say the Lakers or LeBron? Well, just just a little bit. I hadn't think I had him as the tenth team. We didn't mention team though. We didn't mention the Bullets. Yeah, we did. We did. But we. But but I'm just saying. I mean, the 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 league is. You know, you still have LeBron out there, who you know at the trade deadline or after the trade deadline and whatever. You know, but. Probably not an impactful team this year. No, no, I mean, what are they going to do with Russell Westbrook? And right. what are they going to do with LeBron when AD hurts his Achilles in the third game of the season? A lot of pressure down. on AD. Well, yeah. a lot of pressure on AD to show that he's the, he needs he's the to, alpha. I, I would not be surprised to see the Warriors ship Draymond to the Lakers at some point this year. That's where he wants to go. Yeah. Mm, he's too old to be anybody's answer. Well, their whole team is. Yeah. All right. There'll be lots to talk about this year uh, in the NBA. Always is. It's a lot of fun. Um, Good luck to everybody and their team this year. 
Uh, time to punch someone in the face. Come on, man. Rooster. I'm ready. I am so I ready for ready. this one. So, you know, everybody's ready to write the Yankees off. And and the one and only Garrett Cole takes the mound last night and, and pitches seven strong innings and brings them back. We're up. We They won the game four to two. I think we were up something like four to one. And he gives up a, a solo home run. We were, up th- we were up three, three, to, three to one. We were up. We were up uh, three to nothing, and he gives up a solo home run to this guy Josh Naylor. Oh yeah, who has a career batting average against Garrett Cole of one eleven, <laughs> and Naylor hits this ball over the fence and circles the bases, rocking his arms in the holding a baby position looking at Garrett Cole the whole time while he's circling the bases saying, he's my son, he's my son, as if Garrett Cole's the baby in his arms that he's rocking. If that motherfucker doesn't take one to the ear hole tonight, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I mean, Tyon needs to drill that guy. So I actually think we should somehow figure out a way to get Aroldis Chapman reinstated for one pitch, have him drill that guy, and then fire him again what an asshole um, he, he he gets my punch to the face for that childish behavior put his whole team at risk really they, they didn't do squat after that they completely That's... lost their mojo and now the yankees are pissed but you know you know rooster that's a good punchable face but you're gonna have to put a pin in that one because in a deciding game five tonight they're not putting anybody on base but you watch the first time that guy comes up next year against the Yankees. He's going to see some you'll, chin music for sure. You'll see it. You'll see it. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. That's a good one. Nothing personal about it, though. That's that's the way we his, like it. His, uh, his, his, uh, his performance against Cole during this season, he went one for nine. And he's calling him his son. What an ass. Yeah. Well, Garrett Cole's an ass, too, so whatever. But, all right. <laughs> he can also throw 99, so. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be messing with him. Uh, who's got a good story? So we got a lasso. Barbecue sauce. I'm gonna stay with baseball. Yes, it's a homer, but I I think it's a good. Story. Oh, why is that surprising? Oh, oh boy, here we, here we go. Here we go. I, I think we. You know, you deserve it this week, though. So go we, ahead. We, we've spent a lot of lassos in the past about uh, players crossing boundaries and challenging fans and losing their cool and, uh, and even fans crossing boundaries and doing things they shouldn't do to players. But I think when sports gets really good is when there's a melding of a fan base and the players in such a way that there's, there's no more of a boundary and, and it's really a special environment. And while the Phillies have a long, long way to go, they have eight wins to be crowned champion. It has been 11 years. And after the Phillies won the National League Division Series in an environment, the players, particularly Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins, but but so many of them said was an environment they, they, they would give them chills to talk about. They never expected 
to be in that kind of special place. After they were done partying in the clubhouse, they went across the street to one of the most popular sports bars uh, right there at the stadium complex called Xfinity Live, which has like five different sports bars, a giant screen, and it's just a huge party atmosphere. And the Phillies core players and their manager came and partied with the fans, popping champagne on the fans, coming down the floor, taking pictures, signing fans, uh, you know, tobacco pin, you know, bins, things, uh, pouches and all that stuff. Holders. Tins. You're looking for the word tins. Tins. That's what I meant to say. I'm still a little wasted from this weekend. But um, I just thought if you go on and look at some of the video of the Phillies players taking the time to recognize their fans and going out and partying with them and letting them share in the celebration with the team. I think that's what the lasso's about. It's a feel good story where the fans become part of the team. And I was just, it's just an awesome thing. We may get smoked by the Padres, but what happened this weekend and the way the team decided to let the fans participate with them, the city will never forget. You guys are crying, so I'm just end it there. Meh, I'm speechless. I mean, <laughs> raise your hand if you had House's lasso involving the Phillies this week. Yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> my prediction was that he was going to give it to Howie Rossman for being such a g- brilliant GM. Yeah, that's right. There was that prediction. I should have given it to Howie, but the Phillies take first place. Maybe next. I thought Howie. I thought you might give it to Jake. What a weekend <laughs> for your son. Shout yeah. out to Jake for making both the Phillies clincher and the Eagles Cowboys. House, you're winning the Super Bowl, the World Series, and the NBA championship this year. This is unprecedented. It's like you're from fucking Boston or something. Hey, let's not forget. But not fantasy football. Thursday night, the Philadelphia Union are playing in the Eastern Conference semifinals in Major League Soccer, and the Flyers are 2-0 and as we record. Let's fucking go. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that I, got one more. I think I got one more punchable face this week. <laughs> SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush. 
on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.